Welcome to Zichud Avsi Manman Rabbi Avram Goldar, and today Masechus Gidden Daf Lametes, the fourth parak Hashaleach. The Zichud Masechus Gidden program has been generously sponsored by Zichud Nishmas Chaya Hadas Basender. So the three topics we're going to focus on: number one, it was taught in the Brisa, Hamaktish Abdo Ein Malinbo. If one is Maktish a slave, one does not transgress Meila through benefiting from the slave. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says, Molin Basaro, one transgresses Meila through benefiting from his hair. The Gemara establishes that everyone agrees the slave becomes hectish, but is not subject to meal because a slave is considered like land, which is excluded from meila. The Machokas is explained, They're arguing about hair which is ready to be cut. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel holds, It's considered as if it's already cut and no longer considered land and thus subject to meila. And the Tanakhama holds, It is not considered cut. The Gemara suggests this Malkok is perilous another regarding if one must swear about a claim about grapevine. Their dispute was about anabim ha'omdos libatzer, grapes that are ready to be harvested. Rabbi Meir holds kapasuros damyon. They're considered already harvested and subject to swearing because only land is excluded. And the Chamim hold they are still considered land and he does not swear. The Gemara says that the two Malkokosim may not necessarily be parallel since Rabbi Meir may consider only grapes detached because the longer they remain on the vine, the worse they become. But he may agree not to consider hair already cut since it continues to improve as it remains attached. Point number two on the previous daf, Rav said that one who's mafkir a slave, the slave goes free but still requires to get shikhur. Here Ul quotes the same from Yochanan. Ul is challenged from a brisa. Gershem meis ubizbazu yisro nechosov. If a convert without heirs died and Jew seized his ownerless possessions, vahiu behen havadim, and among his possessions were slaves, ben gedolim ben katanim kanu atzman benechorin. Both the adult and minor slaves acquire themselves as free men. Abashul says the minor slaves cannot acquire themselves, and anyone may acquire them. So we see that slaves can be fully free without a get shikhur. Ul rejected the question. Rav Nachman explains that he holds, Abdul the Ger ki ishto. A convert slave is like his wife, based on the Gezer Shava. My ishto mishtolech is below get, just as his wife is released without a get when he dies. Af avada mishtolchim below get. So too his slaves are released without a get shikhur when he dies. This is not the case with the slaves of an ordinary Jew who are inherited by his heirs. The Gemara notes, however, that if a Jew is mafkir his slave and then dies, the slave would go free without a get shechur since he's not inherited. And pointing me through, the Gemara quotes a Brisa brought earlier in which Rebbe says about a slave who is hektish, he can even give his own value to the treasurer and go free. Because it's like the treasurer is selling the slave to himself. This is disputed by Rabbi Shimon, who says in the name of Rabbi Kiva, One might think that paying money completes a slave woman's freedom. The way a get shechur completes her freedom. So the Torah teaches otherwise in the partially discussing shifcha charufa, designated slave woman in which a Jew has relations with a partially freed slave woman who is designated designated to another man. After describing her being partially freed with money, the Torah concludes that the adulterers are not put to death because she was not emancipated with the get shechur. This specification teaches shtar gomerba in a kesef gomerba. Only a document, meaning a get shechur, completes her freedom, but paying money does not complete her freedom. A marim dispute whom the halacha follows. So once again, the three points are number one: it was taught in a brisa, hamaktish avdo ein molingbo. One who's maktish a slave, one does not transgress meila through benefiting from the slave. Rambam Gamliel says molin besaro. One transgresses meila through benefiting from his hair. The Gemara establishes that everyone agrees the slave becomes hectish, but is not subject to meal because a slave is considered like land, which is excluded from meila. The Machokas is explained, They're arguing about hair which is ready to be cut. 
where Bishim Gamliel holds Kagazuz Dami. It's considered as if it's already cut and no longer considered land and thus subject to Me'ila. And the Tanakhama holds it is not considered cut. The Gemara suggests this Malkoka's parallel is another regarding if one must swear about a claim about grapevine. Their dispute was about Anabim Ha'omdosi Batser, grapes that are ready to be harvested. Rabbi Meir holds Kapasuros Damyan. They're considered already harvested and subject to swearing because only land is excluded. And the Chamim hold they are still considered land and he does not swear. The Gemara says that the two Malkokasim may not necessarily be parallel, since Rabbi Meir may consider only grapes detached because the longer they remain on the vine, the worse they become. But he may agree not to consider hair already cut, since it continues to improve as it remains attached. Point number two, on the previous daf, Rav said that one who is mafkir a slave, the slave goes free but still requires to get shechur. Here Ul quotes the same from Yochanan. Ul was challenged from a brisa. Gershem meis ubizbazu yisrael If a convert without heirs died, and Jews seized his onerous possessions, bahu behen havadim, and among his possessions were slaves, ben gedolim ben katanim kanu atzman benechorin. Both the adult and minor slaves acquire themselves as free men. Abashul says the minor slaves cannot acquire themselves, and anyone may acquire them. So we see that slaves can be fully free without a get shikhur. Ul rejected the question. Rav Nachman explains that he holds, Avdo de Ger ki ishto. A convert slave is like his wife, based on the Gezer Shava. My ishto mishtolech is below get, just as his wife is released without a get when he dies. Af avadav mishtolchim below get. So too his slaves are released without a get shikhur when he dies. This is not the case with the slaves of an ordinary Jew who are inherited by his heirs. The Gemara notes, however, that if a Jew is mafkir his slave and then dies, the slave would go free without a geshechur since he's not inherited. And pointing me through, the Gemara quotes a Bryce brought earlier, in which Rebbe says about a slave who is hektish, he can even give his own value to the treasurer and go free. Because it's like the treasurer is selling the slave to himself. This is disputed by Rabbi Shimon, who says in the name of Rabbi Kiva, One might think that paying money completes a slave woman's freedom. The way a get shechur completes her freedom. So the Torah teaches otherwise in the Parsha discussing Shifcha Charufa, designated slave woman in which a Jew has relations with a partially freed slave woman who is designated designated to another man. After describing her being partially freed with money, the Torah concludes that the adulterers are not put to death, because she was not emancipated with the get shechur. This specification teaches, only a document, meaning a get shechur, completes her freedom, but paying money does not complete her freedom. Amarim dispute whom the halacha follows. All right, so now we go to Simmer Dafalamites, and her standard simon is a letter, and we often use a mailman in the simon. So here goes. The master who is Makdish's mailman slave with long hair, ready to be cut, had him deliver a message to the recently deceased Gare's slave that he's free and doesn't need to get, since he's considered like the Gare's wife, and then to bring a get shikhur to the shifcha charufa, because paying money alone doesn't complete her freedom. Once again, slow motion. The master was Makdish, his mailman slave. Mailman? That must be more of Lamates, letter, mailman. The master was Makdish, his mailman slave, with long hair, ready to be cut. Which reminds us, it was taught in Brisa, Makdish Avdo ain't molingbo. If one is Makdish's slave, one does not transgress me'ila through benefiting from the slave. Ramachim Gamliya says, Mo'ing Besaro, one transgresses me'ila through benefiting from his hair. The Gemara establishes that everyone agrees the slave becomes hectish, but is not subject to me'ila because the slave is considered like land, which is excluded from me'ila. The Machokas is explained, Besaro omitli gazes kamifuge. They're arguing about a hair which is 
ready to be cut. It's considered as if it's already cut and no longer considered land and thus subject to Me'ila and the town of Kama holds is not considered cut. So the master was Maktish as mailman slave with long hair, ready to be cut, had him deliver a message to the recently deceased Ger's slave that he's free and doesn't need a get since he's considered like the Ger's wife, which reminds Gmur relates to Shita that Avdad the Ger ki Ishto, a convert slave, is like his wife based on the Gezer Shava. My Ishto Mishtalech is below get just as his wife is released without a get when he dies, of Avadah Mishtalchim below get, so too his slaves are released without a get shikhwar when he dies. This is not the case with the slaves of an ordinary Jew who are inherited by his heirs. The Gemara notes, however, that if a Jew is mafkir slave and then dies, the slave would go free without a get shikhwar since he's not inherited. So the master was Makdish, his mailman slave with long hair, ready to be cut, had him deliver a message to the recently deceased Ger slave that he's free and doesn't need a get, since he's considered like the Ger's wife, and then to bring a get shikhur to the shipcha harufa, because paying money alone does not complete her freedom, which reminds us that only a get shikhur and not paying money completes the freedom of a shipcha harufa. So once again, the master was Makdish, his mailman slave with long hair, ready to be cut, had him deliver a message to the recently deceased Ger slave that he's free and doesn't need a get since he's considered like the Ger's wife, and then to bring a get shikhur to the shivcha harufa because paying money alone doesn't complete for freedom. All right, so now it's time for Four Blah Chazar. Daf Hay. So the sim for Daf Hay is a children's choir singing La La La. So here goes. After the cute little children's choir, children's choir, that must be more Daf Lamed Hay, a children's choir singing La La La. After the cute little children's choir in the green outfit sang the Wild Manas Don't Swear song while reenacting the accidental baking of a gold dinner and bread and the sudden death of a child, which reminds us on the previous stuff, the Mishnah taught the basin refrained from allowing an almana to swear before collecting a ksuba that it wasn't prepaid until Ram Gamliel decreed that the almana vows whatever the Yisomim wish and collects a ksuba. The Gemara relates the incident that led to this. A man once deposited a gold dinner with an almana who later accidentally baked it into bread and gave it to a poor person. When she couldn't find it, she swore to the lender that one of her children should die if she benefited at all from it, and subsequently, a child died. The more explains that an almana who toils to care for the orphans is more likely to rationalize swearing falsely that she is not collected, feeling entitled to payment for her efforts. So, after the cute little children's choir in their green outfits sang the Wild Almanas Don't Swear song while reenacting the accidental baking of a gold dinner and bread and the sudden death of a child, a boy sang a solo pretending to be a remarried almana vowing to the orphans to collect her ksuba, which reminds us, Rafuna says, that an almana vows to the Yasomim only if she is not remarried, but if she remarried, we do not have her vow, and she cannot cut her ksuba. The vow does not prove anything because her second husband can revoke it, as opposed to a vow before marriage, which she cannot revoke. Rav Nachman argues and says, she may vow to collect even after she's remarried because the vow is made publicly in front of ten people and he holds that a netter made publicly cannot be revoked by the husband. So, after the cute little children's choir in their green outfit sang the Wild Manas Don't Swear song while reenacting the accidental baking of a gold dinner and bread and the sudden death of a child, a boy sang a soul pretending to be a remarried almana vowing to the orphans to collect her ksuba, who then details all the circumstances of the netter to get a heter from a chacham, which reminds us, we have one must detail a netter for a chacham setter. On one hand, sometimes the person might cut out some of the details of his account and the heter will be invalid. On the other hand, Rapapa says one must detail his netter to a chacham, because the netter may have been to prevent a prohibited matter, such as our case of potential theft. It's therefore critical that the chacham is informed about the cause of the netter. So the simmer daflamid vav is a lulav. So here goes. The two witnesses who proudly use large exotic green quills that look like lulavim, lulavim, that must be run off lamed vav, lulav. 
the two witnesses who proudly used large exotic green quills that looked like lulavim to sign on a get because of tikkun olam, which reminds us the Mishnah Daf Lamed Dalad on the base had taught that aiding sign on a get for tikkun olam. The Gemara objects that it's a derisive requirement to sign all documents. Rabbi answers that the times Rabbi Lazaru holds Edi Masiri Karti and signatures are never biblically required and the Pasuk is only giving advice. The rabbis instituted that Edim sign on a get because sometimes the Edim to delivery will die or sometimes they'll travel abroad leaving her unable to prove she was divorced. Signing the get provides her with proof of divorce. Rabbi Yosef says that the Tanakh can be Rabbi Meir who requires signing biblically. Still, this derisive requirement is satisfied without writing their names and they decree that witnesses should write their names when signing Gittin. So, the two witnesses who proudly used large exotic green quills that looked like a loving to sign on a get because of Tikkun Olam and then use them to fill in their prusbols, which reminds us, a Mishnah teaches the background of Hillel Zakin's enacting prusbol. He saw that people resisted lending each other, fearing that the loan would be cancelled by Shemitah and thus violated the commandment of refraining to lend money. So, the two witnesses who proudly used large exotic green quills that looked like loving to sign on a get because of Tikkun Olam, and then use them to fill in their prusbols, were shocked and dismayed when they heard Basin declare them Hefker, making them Hefker, which reminds us, Rav explains that Prusbol is effective even according to the opinion that Shemitah nowadays cancel loans because biblically, Hefker based in Hefker. What Basin declares onerous is actually onerous. Two different sources for Hefker based in Hefker are broad. Daf Lamed Zayn, so the Simmer Daf Lamed Zayn is laser tag. So here goes. The Balkhov shooting his green laser tag gun at borrowers with loan documents, not canceled by Shemitah, which reminds us, the Gemara discusses two types of loans that are not canceled by Shemitah. Rabbi Yochan and Rishakish hold that a loan in a Shtar Sheesh is not canceled by Shemitah because the payment is considered already in possession of the lender. And a Malvez Chaver Maus Al-Mashkon, one who lends his friend money on collateral, does not relinquish the loan in Shemitah. Rav explains that a lender acquires a movable collateral considering the payment in his possession. So, the Balkhov shooting his green laser tag gun at borrowers with loan documents, not canceled by Shemitah, was happy to put down his gun and say, I'm relinquishing the debt to a borrower who approached him to repay, who then responded, even so, I wish to pay, which reminds us. A different mission in Shvi states regarding a borrower repaying a debt canceled by Shemitah, Sarak Shiyomar Mishamadani, the creditor must say to him, I'm relinquishing the debt. And if the debtor said, even so, I wish to pay, he may accept the money from him, as it says, the Zed Dvar HaShemitah. And this is the matter of relinquishment. Dvar is darshan as speaking, Dibor teaching that the creditor must verbalize the relinquishment before accepting payment. So the Balkhov shooting his green laser tag gun to borrowers with loan documents, not canceled by Shemitah, was happy to put down his gun and say, I'm relinquishing the debt to a borrower who approached him to repay, who then responded, even so, I wish to pay, and then gave a laser tag vest and gun to a captive slave who had been ransomed to be a free man and told him, enjoy these. You're a free man, which reminds us. The next Mishnah states, Evich Nishba a slave who was taken captive and other Jews ransomed him. Imushum if they ransom him to be a slave, he's enslaved. Imushum ben Chorin if they ransom him to be a free man, he's not enslaved. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says that in either case he returns to enslavement. Two different Pshatim are given for this Mishnah. Daf So the Simmer Daf is a Dabralach, a liquid, and we use chicken soup. So here goes. The Jew who is acquired by an idolater to make his delicious chicken soup. Chicken soup? That must be more in Daf 
Lamed Ches, a Dover Lach. The Jew who is acquired by an idolater to make his delicious chicken soup and work next to idolaters who are acquired as well, which reminds us, although idolaters cannot acquire each other's bodies as ordinary property, they can acquire their labor based on the Kavach Homer. An idolater can even acquire a Jew for his labor, as taught in Kedushin Davchaf Amad Aleph, so certainly he can acquire another idolater. So the Jew who is acquired by an idolater to make his delicious chicken soup and work next to idolaters who are acquired as well, was shocked when he saw the promiscuous a slave woman belonged to a Jew next door who also made chicken soup was freed, which reminds us the Gemara relates there was a slave woman in Pumpendisa with whom men were sinning. Abaya said, if not for Rabbi Yehuda saying in the name of Shmuel, Komeshachra Avdo over Baase, anyone who frees a slave transgresses a positive commandment of Olam Behem Tovodu, you shall work them forever, I would force her master to free her so she could marry a Jew who would guard her. Ravina said the Rabbi Yehuda would agree to free her in this case, Mishum Milsa de Isura, because of the matter of prohibitions transgressed. So the Jew who was acquired by an adulterer to make his delicious chicken soup and work next to idolaters who were acquired as well. Was shocked when he saw the promiscuous slave woman belonging to a Jew next door who also made chicken soup was freed simply by her master being Makdisha, which reminds us, Rabbah said in Rav's name, Hamakdisha Avdo Yatzalacheros. Someone is Makdisha's slave, the slave goes free. He explains, Gufi Lokadish, his body cannot be sanctified since he's neither fit for a sacrifice nor his building materials, with the Melo Kamra, and he didn't say that he was being Makdish the value of the slave to donate that amount, so this too was not his intent. Rather, Dilahavi Amkadosh Ka'amra, he was saying he should become one of the holy nation, the Jews. Alright, so now it's time to conclude our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which step do you have a question whether one transgresses Me'ilah by benefiting from his hectish slave's hair that's ready to be cut? That's on Duff. On the task. Good number two. Which step do you have a question whether Gilead get to Milsihi? Whether a show of intent to avoid a get is enough to avoid a get? That's on Duff. Amadalad. Good number three. Which step do you have a question when one is Makdish's slave if the Evid goes free? That's on Duff. Good number four. Which stuff do we discuss the status of a captive slave who is ransomed by others? That's on Dove. Good number five. Which of the when a convert slave is like his wife, that just as his wife is released without a get when he dies, so too his slaves are released without a get shikhor when he dies. That's on Dove. Good number six. Which of the the two ones which are not canceled by Shemitah are Starshi Yishba Achrais Bahamal Bahamalos? That's on Dove. Lamed Zayin. Good number seven. Which step do we discuss the prohibition to free a slave and the exception for Isser? For example, the case of the promiscuous slave woman. That's on Dov. Lamed Ches. Good number eight. Which step do we discuss is whether the husband can void some of the shluchim that were appointed as part of a group of ten? That's on Dov. Lamed Gimel. Good number nine. Which of the one that only get shikhrur and not paying money completes the freedom of a shifcha harufa? That's on Dov. Lamatas. Good. And number 10. Which have two different reasons given as to why Adim sign on a get for Tikkun Olam. That's on Dov. Lamad Vav. Excellent. That comes today's year. This is everybody from Goldham Zikhu. Wishing you a great day and great learning.